Hi, I'm Trisha Durr. I'm Sarah Lincoln, and this is Trying to Win, our podcast about real-life legal battles in and outside the courtroom. Sarah and I are attorneys and founders of the local law firm in Charlotte, North Carolina, Lincoln Durr. We've each been practicing law for more than 20 years. We started this (laughs) podcast to share our experiences, um, both as lawyers and as business people. As trial lawyers, we decided that we were going to structure this podcast just like if we were in a trial. So we're going to start with our opening statements, give you a little bit about what the show is going to be about, and then we'll conduct our witness examination where Trish and I actually just have conversations (laughs) with one another, or we may have a guest who we ask questions of, and we close up with closing arguments and the verdict when we ask you to tell us how we did. We love your comments. We love your feedback. Um, We love your ratings. Download us. And for today, we're going to be talking about DNA in civil trials. DNA. um, How important it has become in our society, probably in large part because of all of the the real crime kind of TV shows that are out there that show about collections of evidence and how to prove that somebody did something. It's Mm -hmm. almost as if now jurors' expectations are that you have dug through everything and found that DNA that the proves yeah. the case. So, yes, th- th- this kind of came up, the idea for this podcast. I have gotten really into this one podcast called Morbid. And um, oh, it, oh, I know, isn't that terrible? But it's really, really good. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's called Morbid. And it's like these two, I don't know, millennials, I guess, maybe even younger than that. One of them is an autopsy tech. The other one is a hairstylist. And they go over true crime cases and they kind of dissect them out um, no pun intended but like they really kind of dig down deep into what was the evidence what were the findings what was the investigation like and as I'm listening to it I'm thinking you know we have that in civil cases too you know the DNA where you've got somebody's blood type or exactly what their genetic makeup is it's at the crime scene or in the victim on the victim or whatever it may be you know but we have a very similar analogous maybe is a better way to say it uh, situations that we encounter regularly in civil cases so we were going to talk about how you prove how you prove the little things that actually seem little but sometimes win or lose a case yeah absolutely I mean and I think our medical malpractice work probably is where we get a lot of that from and really digging through the medical records Uh, I can give you I can actually give you an example right off the bat sure that's what we're here for so So, we're start our witness examination yeah so this case is currently pending so we might have to put off putting this online for a little There is an issue about in in one of our cases about why why the plaintiff developed an infection and they have filed a lawsuit against three care providers who saw them over a relatively short period of time following a traumatic injury that was treated. And the allegation is, is that that traumatic injury was not treated appropriately. And we kept saying, but there was there's no reason why anybody would have thought that this person had something that would have caused this infection. Like, I'm not understanding how this, like, why are we here? Why is the plaintiff's lawyer making this allegation? And it can't possibly be true that my clients missed an impending infection, right? But we've got to figure it out. I mean, what, first of all, uh, trust but verify, right? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) You believe your client when your client tells you there's no way I would have been thinking impending infection in this case. Okay, great. But let's figure out 
what we can put forward for a jury that mm-hmm. shows them why they wouldn't have, shouldn't have, and didn't consider impending right. infection in the case. And so one of those things was to get every record, every record of a presentation to a medical provider um, during this period of time. And so it turns out that after seeing the three providers that were named as defendants in this lawsuit, this plaintiff actually went to a primary care provider Mm. and reported to the primary care provider that they actually were better and in less pain than the last time they saw our providers. And so you can always, with infection, argue that infection doesn't get better without treatment. And so we couldn't possibly have missed an an infectious process Mm -hmm. that was going on if it didn't get worse from there. Because if it's already infected when you're seeing my people, it isn't going to get better without intervention. That's a a medical fact with a bacterial infection. Yeah. So it's not – already we know their case is impossible. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think that's awesome. You know, and it's it, – one of the things I've tried to chase down the past with infection is, you know, is it the same bug? Do you have pathology slides or blood mm-hmm. cultures from the first? I mean, there are different kinds of MRSA, right? They're not all the exact same makeup. You can DNA infections. I mean, really, you can. And it may not be in the medical record, but they might still have a tissue sample from something else or a blood – a blood sample from it depending on how long ago it was but yeah we've gotten recuts of pathology slides from autopsies as well not only from hospital facilities or medical facilities but also from autopsies where they you know whenever they do a pathology slide and we'll just use autopsy um, for those who don't know they they do cuts like they take tissue samples and then they it's really cool they put them in like wax I don't know if it's is it paraffin, paraffin. it's paraffin it's right paraffin. they put mm-hmm. it in wax to preserve it do they put anything on it I assume they would have to put something I on would it. imagine there's also yeah there's something in the paraffin that has a preservative. preservative yes and so you can you can ask for recuts and they can go back in on that wax block and cut them so you can get different pieces of it and you can send them out either I've tried to look for um, certain specific types of bacteria before you know sometimes a recut will show something different than what the previous cut was so that's just another kind of place for having this like medical dna thing yeah and um you know we also have had cases where there's questions about um here's another example a patient who was claiming after a surgery that their um surgical incision broke down because the doctor did something wrong with the surgical incision. If the surgical incision happens to be in the GI tract area, it's always possible that the patient didn't follow the physician's advice in terms of what they were supposed to be eating and drinking following the procedure. So you can always ask for example, credit card that's a good one. And bank card. Burger King. Exactly. <laughs> bing, bing. Exactly. no go. No, it wasn't Burger King, was it? Uh, no. It was no, McDonald's. No, no. <laughs> it it well, wasn't what actually, they were supposed to be I don't eating. know yet because they haven't produced it, but um, hmm. we will know. Yeah. If, you know, if they were not following the appropriate 
post-surgical dietary instructions based upon what they were purchasing Mm -hmm. with either their credit card or their bank card after the fact. You know, we we were working at Womble Carlisle when the Duke Lacrosse case was um, being defended at Womble by Jim Cooney and others. And I I remember, and he's given this presentation a gajillion times Mm -hmm. um, across the country to various bar associations and whatnot. So I think we're fine to mention that. Oh, sure. I mean, literally, they used timestamps in that case off of the videos of when the fraternity brothers were getting money out of their ATM accounts to, to disprove, prove yeah. that they were not at the fraternity house at the time that the young lady who accused them of assaulting her was there. what said she was there. I mean, like, just, it's really... In today's digital world. Oh, man, I wonder how anybody gets away with anything. Seriously, you know, I was talking to a a family law attorney not long ago, and this one kind of surprised me, and I hadn't thought of it before, but it's a good one. So they now that we have toll roads, right, um, they were able to bust a cheating spouse with toll fees from toll roads because they weren't going to work where they're supposed to be going. They were going to their lover's home and they were able to prove the adultery or whatever, the cheating, the affair through that. But like, just think about it. You know, you, you said something when we walked in earlier, Fitbit. I know. Oh my gosh. What data does it keep? I don't even know. Oh my gosh. It's not that dissimilar from what Apple claims that their, their watch maintains at this point you know how many steps you've taken fitbit will allow you even to go in and modify your data and add exercise routines that you've Mm. done um, if you're really trying to keep track of things so if you have somebody who's claiming they were you know so horribly injured that they can't engage in their activities of daily living and they've got their ten thousand steps interesting or working out you no longer need to hire a private investigator because you've got one on your wrist that's exactly right and in your back pocket Right. I mean, cell phones. Good grief. Now, I know it's hard. I think it's a lot harder to get stuff off of Apple. I mean, my or iPhones has been my experience that, you know, this is what I'm understanding. Tell me if I'm wrong. So, like, for example, I have Verizon. My I believe in terms of like text messages, you can if you get your Verizon bill, Verizon only keeps actual texts for a limited period of time. And then they just have the phone numbers that were texted. So that's still more information than none. But my understanding is with like iMessage that those don't go through the Verizon server at all. Correct. And they're not traceable at all. They're all through Apple. And Apple, I mean, you've seen the news that they're very um, hyped up on keeping their systems secure. And I don't even know if they keep the data because if they don't have it, they can't give it up. Well, and it depends on the account holder. So I have a current case with a client who, God bless him, it's actually going to save his ass in this case that he has saved. Oh, wow. Literally every text message he has had, WhatsApp, which is what they're using for international yeah. communications. And now people in the United States oh, are yeah. starting to use WhatsApp more um, because it's not as common. So people don't think to ask for WhatsApp messaging in the there's United, a lot in like that, US though. litigation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like other Slack. Text, yeah. I mean, there's other there Servers, other yeah. instant messaging type of programs that are being used in business and um, and even personally that people aren't even thinking about. We were able to retrieve off of his phone all of his WhatsApp messaging, all of his text messages, and all of his iMessages because he doesn't ever delete anything. Yeah. yeah. So if you, pers- if you personally don't have a practice of regularly deleting things, that you, 
you're going to have to turn it over. Yeah. It's not a matter of going to Verizon or going to Apple and asking for that information if you yourself have saved the information. Um, I just, you made me think of a good one. Um, and, well, there's two pieces to it. There was a time where I had a case where someone claimed that they were terribly injured. They were out of work for a year and a half or something like that. And Facebook, you know, became the big, the big issue. And of course, you know, here he is, he's at a concert, et cetera, blah, blah. We were able to use the Facebook page to figure out exactly where the concert was because of the background, figure out he was out of town. It wasn't like he had to drive all the way there, et cetera, and so on. But another piece of that is if you can get actual photographs from the phone, the photographs also give location, uh, time, date and can really be huge that met that background I don't know, metadata i don't know what it is it's just timestamps. it's what's in the background of the phone it tells you what type of phone it was taken on and it can tell you the date and time it was, it was taken and if there's a picture in front of mcdonald's of the patient who is not supposed to be eating at mcdonald's or a picture at the park of the patient who's supposed to be taking it easy and they're out running a marathon or whatever that can be really valuable information unbelievably valuable information. I, mean, I feel like you, you don't even have any privacy anymore, right? Because not only that, like video cameras are everywhere. Yes. There's that too. And it and it really does have application in civil cases. And it you does. need to think outside the box in terms of how to prove or disprove whatever it is that you're working with in your particular case. You know, oh, TikTok videos. Oh, yeah. Right? So, I mean, peep and... And the interesting is having dinner with my oldest daughter the other night, and my husband goes, didn't you guys used to have a fake Instagram account? And she goes, oh, yeah, our Finsta. They call it, they call it they something, call yes. They call it their Finsta. Yes. So that your parents, who might want to friend you on Instagram to follow you, because that's what good parents usually do, is they follow their kids on right. social media, or they designate somebody in their friend group to follow the child on social yeah. media and report back. They developed Finstas so that their parents couldn't follow them and didn't know. Oh, and God, so they're disturbing. using different... Yeah, they're using a, a fake name. So what, do you um, ask for that too now? You say, can I get your Insta and your Finsta? Yeah. And the, <laughs> I mean, I think it, in civil litigation, you know, if you're issuing a request to produce, you have to ask for every social media account held by the plaintiff or held yeah. by the defendant, owned by, or in which they are in a group of people. Right. Who may have it. So we actually found some TikTok videos on a plaintiff not too long ago that was not in her name, but was in the name of one of her friends. And they named it like the three sisters or something crazy. Mm -hmm. And we wouldn't have been we wouldn't have been able to find it because her name isn't associated with the account. But we were able to find it because we knew about the friend and we searched everything yeah. and the account On was the associated friends. with her name. And I think years ago we had talked about that too, that one of the ways to get information on people is not to go to their account, right. but their to friends go to accounts. their friends' yes. accounts. Their and family look. and friends, because they yeah they and may have their privacy settings up, but their mom might not. Right, and so if their friend, if their friend list is available yeah. on Facebook, then you're, or even who's following you on Instagram, right. and maybe maybe they've posted something if they're close to you, you know, so. All this blood spatter and DNA. It's, a, it's, it's everywhere. everywhere. You know, there was a case I was just thinking about when you were talking about, when we were talking about the photographs, where a photograph ended an entire issue in a case and that was the um it was an anesthesia case i know i, I remember it was, it was and, it, and it was something that we didn't even catch until the very end but um it was a, a little girl who had to have a a very serious surgical procedure she had something wrong with her heart and in order to do the procedure 
they had to put her to sleep and she had a bad outcome um, and blamed anesthesia on it. One of the claims that they had against the anesthesia team was that you failed to be prepared and have a plan and understand how yeah right how how sick she was and you didn't have a plan in place so you know when it came time to do the resuscitation and once she got into trouble and her heart was in trouble you didn't have the medications uh, necessary to do the resuscitation well we were gosh probably several years into the case and in fact maybe just getting ready for trial and I'm digging through the information digging through the information and it was a big issue in the case you weren't ready and how, how do I prove how we can, were ready. <laughs> I can't. That's not something that I can prove in the medical. I mean, it's just not something that's there. If they they say you were delayed, I, what I I don't know. Anyway, so as I'm going through, I see a picture that the mother took. Now it's a grainy picture because it was old, and this case was from 2010. And in the picture, it's a picture of the little girl the day of the surgery, and the there's someone behind her wheeling her on the stretcher into the OR. And I'm thumbing through, thumbing through the pictures, and I'm like, wait a minute. And I go back to the grainy picture of this, this wheeling her in. And I see scrubs, you know, the person scrubs behind her, pushing her into the, into the OR. And I look closer and I zoom in. And lo and behold, it is the nurse. And who's you can see who's named in the case. The defendant, yeah. And you can see in his pocket, he has five syringes. So I'm like, well, what, what were those? So I go to him and I say, what were those? Those are the resuscitation drugs that I had in my pocket because we knew that she was sick and she was going to be a patient that we we needed to be ready for. So I pre-drew them all, all those syringes up and had them in my pocket ready to go. Game over, right? From her own picture. Yep. So the other, I guess the other kind of lesson on the DNA part is don't just scroll through. Think about what you're looking at because a lot of times what you're looking for is right in front of you. Yeah. And that's true with medical records too sometimes, you know? Yeah. Oh, You've had that happen. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and even in that case, I started out talking about what is also in the medical record is the reason that this plaintiff went to a primary care provider in between seeing the named defendants mm-hmm. in the case and when the infection diagnosis. was diagnosed was because they had an upper respiratory issue going on. And totally so separate. when you're thinking about what can cause an infection in a wound, it's not just bacteria viruses can can even cause a breakdown in your immune mm-hmm. system that then leads to a bacterial infection that wouldn't otherwise have been successful in getting wouldn't seeded have, and going yeah. forward but so clearly this person had something going on something mm-hmm. else going on that could mean that the infection at the site of the traumatic injury actually was seeded through the blood system and not through the actual something ah, external that we would have been that would have been obvious to anybody right. and that we would have been thinking about and trying to so come from the nose basically with this other part of oh interesting yeah yeah I mean it, it probably spread through completely blood. unrelated yeah, yeah yeah through the blood system Fascinating. so it's it, yeah it really is and that is not the case that I was thinking about the one that you just told us about the what case that I about? was thinking about was the case that we had back at Womble where there was actually a doctor who is a plaintiff in a medical malpractice case who was claiming that his heart condition had not been treated appropriately and as a result, he could no longer work. Right, right. And it was his Facebook page. And actually, it was not his Facebook page. It was the Facebook page of his practice that put oh, yeah, that's pictures right. up about that. on, on their practice about yeah. not just what was going on in their practice, but other things that people at the practice were doing outside yeah. of the practice, including 
scuba diving in the Caribbean. Well, if your heart has been so badly damaged as a result of being improperly treated after a heart attack, I can assure you that within three months, you will not be going scuba diving in the Caribbean. You ain't scuba and you ain't climbing mountains, you you ain't kayaking, none of that stuff. You can no longer claim that you are unable to walk if you can three months after that go and go scuba diving in the Caribbean. And that got put up at the mediation. The plaintiff's lawyer had never seen it. it. They took a voluntary dismissal the next day. Oh wow! What about? Um, yeah, I don't. I've never looked for this before, but it's kind of eerie. Like ways and um, the directions maps. Like it shows where you've been. And I wonder. I've never asked for that before, but that's one thing I've thought about. Like I wonder if you can get that history information to see are they traveling places when they shouldn't be? Are they? Because you know, it shows where, where last one went whenever. It shows the date and whenever you punched in. That doesn't mean you went. But still, I it's just, some information. I just had a great idea for another podcast episode. Oh. How about we get a an actual like forensic Ooh. phone what person? What can you find on me in here to talk to us about that? Because I mean, I know generally what we can get. Yeah. I know that we can get emails. I know that we can get text messages. I know you can get the Fitbit right. data. Uh, you know, I, we can get all of that. But I'd be really interested to know if those are the kinds of things that they are actually able to pull off of someone's phone. Or well, do I wouldn't we, think to delete it. Or do we have to go to the you app know? provider? You know, yeah. Like I mean, you're even in your car, right? Yeah. My Car keeps oh track my gosh! Of my I never thought about recent that. Recent destinations. There's like black boxes entered. in cars now too. Yeah, I mean, it, that would be fascinating. I oh, would wow. love to to learn a little bit more about what yeah. can we really what can we really get. And I and say, you know, what, what 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 may not be on your phone also might be on your Chrome account or like on your iCloud or on your whatever it might be because there's backups to backups. To, oh my gosh, this gets so weedy so easily. But there is a plethora of stuff out there that tells the tags you at pretty much any given moment of the day yeah it's a little I don't, creepy I have actually a, I have a lot of friends that you know every time they go somewhere they they put that little tag on Facebook I you know so and so just got to Ta- tagged here or yeah, whatever no. oh, checked in oh hell I don't no. do that no either. no 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 I don't do that either. don't do that <laughs> and I actually particularly because I'm a, a mom of daughters I'm like don't don't do that on social media don't tell them where you are yeah don't don't put it because if somebody happens to be following you that you don't know in a bad way and you never know who those people are right mm-hmm. don't do it just you know when you're talking about when you're talking about personal safety you know my little trick turn on facebook live i take no what <laughs> i take pictures i'm like well, if, yeah, they, if, you, if you're gonna kill me at least the police will have somewhere to start <laughs> and that'll be your license plate <laughs> uh, well you know uh, yeah because that's all it's gonna, it may not save you but at least somebody will be well, able to solve to the crime yeah exactly yeah. I mean, like, I, this is this is what happens when you listen to morbid and you're on the 226 episode you start to get a little crazy uh, uh, yeah i was wondering <laughs> <laughs> you start to get a little crazy um i had another thought oh i know uh, what's the name of the app that it's the one where you diary your food it's oh my fitness pal my fit yeah you can take pictures of what you eat that's another thing oh and not just pictures when you're saying pictures on phones not just pictures on your camera because like snapchat keeps its own separate repository i think of photographs like i know tiktok does it's separate you just because you have a video on tiktok it's 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 if it's done through tiktok it's not on your phone did you know that yes and like mess facebook messenger is the same way you can take a picture in facebook messenger and it's Gone. Doesn't down yeah, it doesn't download Don't, to your phone. Right, right. So that's yeah. kind of I mean, that's an interesting thing too. I'm just trying to think of all the apps I have on my my phone and what's 
like what data you give it access to and, and all of that. Yeah, and you know, we're, we're it's, it kind of is crazy in civil cases because you can go everywhere. That is yeah. certainly not the truth in criminal cases and criminal defendants don't have to give anything up to you necessarily. <laughs> the, oh, really? You oh, know, and yeah, okay. certainly Facebook isn't going to give it up. You know, they the can't Verizon, that stuff? No, 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 huh. no. They fight they fight tooth and nail over what they will produce. And and it's been a huge issue, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the government doesn't particularly like that about Facebook, but they've they've held firm and fast on that on that issue. I know you can get a lot out of Verizon, but usually like you said, they don't maintain don't the actual text. That but that what they For do maintain is the like what's on your the, bill. What the numbers are yeah. that are going are going back and forth. So that you can you can actually get. But I know family um, lawyers use that too. Oh yeah, of course. But um, and but that's why WhatsApp and all that stuff becomes more popular because you can talk and not track it. I don't think you can track it unless you save it, like your your unless guy you did. Save it. Which I guess it was good that he or she did. Correct. In our yeah. case, it, it ended up benefiting him. So what but. what other things? Um, I'm thinking of like I'm sitting here brainstorming, thinking of all these other things you could look at. Like what about those smart home things? What about like Alexa? What is she here? If the walls could talk, right? Does she record anything? Alexa I don't does know. freak me out a little bit on that. I don't know. Again, we are going to have to get a forensic person in here to talk to, to us about absolutely. this. Absolutely. Kind of because I Absol- think that would be smart homes, like the lights, the locks that you have in your house, like the smart, whatever those things are, and the light. I mean, there's just. Who has the woo! code? Who doesn't have the oh code? Oh my gosh. Yeah. How, oh, door, oh, the ring doorbell has and a I video. Hate the ring doorbell. Think about that. If they, it, let's say, pretend, right? What if Amazon through UPS is dropping a package off across the street when something happens? at the house across the street and you catch it in your ring. I mean, there's that too. That saves. I know it does because I have it. Yeah, so the people who live across the street from me put in a <laughs> ring doorbell and it freaks me out because I feel like they can see me walking through my house. I don't think I it don't sees know that how far, far away it, it doesn't goes, see that far. I don't like it and I don't have one. Oh, security cameras on people's homes. Mm-hmm. That's another one. Oh, what about your swipes in your keypad on your yep. ADT thing or whatever it is? Yeah. What about that? We have a new app that we use to open and close our garage door. And then there's that. There's right? data on All that the, thing. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. I'm starting to freak myself but out. But what, um, what I will say is, let, particularly for our younger lawyers who aren't as familiar with paper, yeah, don't forget about the paper. Don't forget that people take notes and notebooks. Don't forget Post-it that people notes. maintain file folders. I mean, there's still a plethora of information that you can get from actual hard copy documents. Oh, oh I just had one more. Door swipes, kind of similar to the ADT right. thing, but door swipes. Like if I, I know we have badges at the badges office. In and out of the I wonder office, if that tells yeah. you know what times we went in, what time we went out. Mm-hmm. Crazy, crazy, crazy. But no, there are definitely tools to use. I, I feel like even though we've been pretty advanced in trying to be creative in ways that we gather data like that, I still feel like we haven't even come close to scratching the surface of what we can obtain out there. Yeah. It might be hard to get it. <laughs> it might be hard to get it. And I and I do have to say, having complained in the car the whole way here about how crazy discovery has gotten in civil cases, there still is a limit to what is reasonable That's for production true. in our cases. It has you to know, be limited by there's cost gotta be, there's gotta be uh, There's got to be a line somewhere that gets drawn by hopefully the courts eventually on what it's reasonable for people to try and get um, and how much data you're really entitled to. Because 
it, it is not to me it is not reasonable in every case no that we can go to the plaintiff and say give me i want phone. all of the data right give me your phone give me your phone i want all the data off the phone i want all the data off of your home security system out because it's <laughs> uh no generally speaking it's not going to be relevant no there are going to be a few cases where you really need to have this kind of outside the box thought process about mm-hmm. all the different places you might be able to go but i think the reality is is that in most cases it's not going to be pertinent to what you're doing. Right. And it is so expensive. Oh, the yeah. The cost of oh, housing, the gathering the data, housing the data, producing the data, it. reviewing the data. Yeah. I mean, it, it, can, it can get very cost prohibitive. Yeah. And so I think most, I would hope that most courts will put a limit on what what we are right. expected to produce, certainly. You know. Yeah. Um, well, identify the so, issues and limit it to the issues Correct. rather than just, you know, I want every person you called. I mean, that's that's where it gets unreasonable. But, yeah, I agree with you. There's got to be a limit to everything. And, and I think that's why Rule 26, which is the our civil rule talking about where the what the parameters of this discovery process um, is. There's more stuff in there now in the recent years about the electronically stored information and limits on that and that you have to ask for a court order and so they do they they, they are seeing it yeah and that they have to do an analysis on what burden what is the burden to the party and having to produce all of this versus what is what is the value of the case not just in dollars but in terms of you know what is necessary either to prove a a claim or to establish a defense. Right, right. Yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. So I guess what closing, our closing argument or closing part would be, we're watching you. Oh, yeah. Is there anything to the idea that like in civil cases, you guys don't have the benefit of somebody else supporting you with investigations? Like in a criminal case, there are police and detectives and people like that but you don't have that you're sort of your own we actually have well okay so the so the question is is um is there a difference in civil cases where you got like homicide detectives and you know all of these the, the forensic labs etc and civil cases and i would say yes now i think probably number one the courts would be more liberal with affording a wider latitude in a criminal case um, and giving subpoenas and Verizon's probably more likely to respond with information to the to the to the police than they would to me because we're talking about taking yes, away someone's liberty but, we're not just talking about money and <laughs> well, trying to redress a crime right. right but but I will say this and I think this is where there's a, a, a big distinction for us in civil cases depending on who you represent and this is where the justice system, I think, in my, my eyes, is a little bit unfair. It do, money does matter because this stuff is costly. And while, well, with the state resources, they have probably less resources than sometimes we do with our private clients. If you're representing a big giant company and it's a big giant case, you know you've got you've got the resources. Sometimes I think that's um, a travesty because I don't know that the other that, that there's equity on the, the resource side. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, in civil cases, the amount of support you have is largely dependent on the amount of money you have. So we can hire private investigators in our cases if our client has the money to do that. We can hire a computer forensic analyst analyst to Mm -hmm. analyze somebody's computers and phones etc if we have the money to do that but if you don't have the money to do that you 
you can't, it, it is not a skill that the law firm is going to have. Like our paralegals right. do not have the computer wherewithal to take somebody's phone and um, mirror it and then figure out how to get all the data Replicate. downloaded and and stored in a way that you don't affect the information. The integrity of there. the information. Yep, that's true. That's so true. You can, can we really go into up. our clients' accounts and look at them? Yeah, I mean, if our clients want to give us their sign-in information, we can do that and we can download the information and all that. But we run the risk at the same time of... Um, tainting that evidence by changing when it was accessed. Yeah, and it does. I, it does. So it's um, it's it's tricky, and it's and it's you know, we are firm believers in our jury system. Um, we believe that it works, and uh, we believe that it is for the most part a fair system. But there are some inequalities in it, just like there are inequalities yeah. in our society have you, as have, a general rule. Have you been on that other? I mean, I've been on the other side where there is a tycoon on the other side of me and my resources are limited and it and it is very um i don't know it's 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 very restraining and it, it it's difficult because it's hard to fight those battles and that's when it's sad because the justice system really shouldn't come down to a scale it of economies mm-hmm. but unfortunately somebody's always usually there's not gonna be exactly the same amount of money on both sides somebody's always at a little bit of a disadvantage in terms of how deep their pockets are in terms of how far they can dig and what those resources are and that mm-hmm. Well, and that's true, too, in the quality of lawyer that they can hire. But I will say this, too. I will say this, too, and I'm serious. There are also inequities because you have a client with money. Because I think a lot more likely, a court is a lot more likely to say, oh, you know, Miss Lincoln, you're representing this big, giant company. Just give me all the emails that say X, Y, and Z without a firm appreciation of what kind of an undertaking that is. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if sometimes there's not a little bit of bias by the decision makers against the, the party with more resources in terms of the digging, well, letting them. Yeah, well, not only letting them dig, but be- but believing that because your client has money or has resources, that they should be able to find every single piece of data that's uh, out there, which actually, the bigger the entity, <laughs> yeah. the harder it is to find things mm-hmm. because it becomes so scattered and there are so many places to look. And there are only so many people within the organization that we're given access to, right? right? Like, I'm not going to be given access to the data clerk who right. enters data when somebody comes into the hospital. Like, it, it just, it, it it gets to the point where we have... The ha- interweb is vast and deep. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so I, I think that, I think judges, pres- some judges, not all judges, some judges presume that because you are a big entity that you're, it's going to be so easy you for you to button. just get everything and and that's not always the case, yeah. and it's not always the case that it that it makes sense for us to interview every single person who may have been involved in some little piece of the transaction that's at issue in the case. That just first of all, we don't have the resources in terms of bodies. <laughs> nobody can. Nobody cases, could possibly you know? I mean, dig can, to the end of the the you black hole can't. like that. No, I mean, and and then now with the with the computer systems like. You know, you used to have everything on your F drive or whatever that was, you know, when people had servers. That's a little, that's different. That's not true anymore. You know, you go to any hospital system, you go to any big, big company, they have as many different storage places as I do on my phone. And that's scary. Like, <laughs> and they still sometimes have paper. And, and so paper on you can't top of search it. every single file drawer. Right. You can't search every desk. Right. You that's right. Every it, trash can. 
Yeah. It gets out of control easily. So Or, or every box getting yeah. ready to get sent for shredding. That's right. Right? Right. So I guess with the, that, the lesson that. is. <laughs> DNA is everywhere. DNA is everywhere. Your DNA is already everywhere. We know where you were last week, last night. <laughs> sometimes you can find it. Yes, sometimes, sometimes you can't. Yeah. But, but you should always be thinking, as, as a lawyer, though, whether no matter what you're doing, you should be thinking about it. Mm-hmm. You know, what are the things I can do to prove this issue and think long and hard creatively, creatively um, about all the different ways that that information might be available to you. So that, that is definitely the takeaway. Yeah. So I guess it's time for our verdict. So, you know, your turn. Comment, uh, ask us questions, send us, send us emails. We're at uh, trying to win at com. We really want to know what you like, what you don't like, and how we're doing. Feedback, um, if all there's, that stuff. Yeah, if there's something that you'd like to hear about, please send us an email, and we, w- we would love to hear from you, and also, of course, download and all that jazz. Thanks. See ya. See ya.